0: Hello, travelers! Welcome to Day Trips, our weekly shorter episodes of Terrifying Travels, where either Sabrina or I share with you one more story from a location we have covered before. My name is Maddie, and today I'm taking you back to St. Louis, Missouri to talk about the Limp Mansion. Let's dive into it! Now, there is a lot of suicide in this case, so listener discretion is advised. Let's start at the very beginning. Johann Adam Lemp arrived in St. Louis in 1939, immigrating from Germany. Johann built a small grocery store and worked as a grocer, selling household items, groceries, and homemade beer, a German lager that was not common in America at the time. In fact, Johann's beer was said to be the first German lager in America, using a special German yeast to make the light golden beer, making it stand out from the dark English porters and ales of the time. The beer became so popular over the course of two years that Johann gave up on the grocery store entirely and built a small brewery in 1840. The brewery is very close to the Gateway Arch today. Quickly, the brewery and the pub became too small, and Johann moved to a larger brewery on the south side of St. Louis. A fun fact about this second brewery it came with a livestone cave that was filled with ice from the Mississippi River. This refrigerated the beer, which made the brewery even more popular, as refrigerated beer was not the norm during this time. So Johann set up Limp's Western Brewing Company, and by the 1850s, his company was one of the largest in the cities. In 1858, the beer was first place at the annual St. Louis Fair. Unfortunately, Johann passed in 1862, leaving his millions to his son, William Lemp. William went on to continue to expand the brewery, purchasing the five-block area and the surrounding caves around the brewery. In 1864, the new plant was completed, and it covered the entire five city blocks. By the 1870s, the Lemp family was a symbol of wealth and power, as they dominated the St. Louis beer market all the way until Prohibition. In 1868, Jacob Feckery, William Lamp's father in law, built a house a short distance from the Lamp Brewery, which William purchased a year later and immediately began to expand the house into the Lamp Mansion. The mansion had a tunnel built from the basement to the brewery, and slowly, parts of the tunnels were used for entertainment purposes, with an auditorium, theater, heated swimming pool, and a bowling alley being built into the tunnels. Which, like, alright, go off, King! <laughs> By the middle of the 1890s, the Limp Brewery was a national presence in the beer scene, as it had coast-to-coast distribution of its beer, and its Falstaff beer was immensely popular. Fun fact, the Falstaff beer is still produced in St. Louis to this day. Williams Sr. was also helping other popular beer brands get started, such as Pabst of Pabst Blue Ribbon, Anheuser, and Busch, who later combined to become Anheuser-Busch, who made who makes Bud Light, Budweiser, and Bush Light. You know, just the biggest names in beer to this day. The first of many problems occurred when William Sr.'s favorite son, Frederick Limp died in 1901 at the age of 28. He reportedly died of heart failure, and Frederick was the heir of the Limp Empire. William Sr. was never the same. He was rarely seen in public and was withdrawn from society. In 1904, William's friend, Frederick perhaps, passed away as well. William began to become indifferent to the details of running the brewery. He still arrived at the office every day, but he was reportedly nervous and unsettled. His physical and mental health began to decline, and on February 13, 1904, William Sr. shot himself with a 38 caliber with a 38 caliber Smith & Wesson. This was just the beginning of the limp family curse. In November 1904, William Lemp Jr. took over as the new president of the Lemp Brewing Company. William Jr. and his wife, Lillian, inherited a vast fortune and immediately began to spend it, getting a huge amount of carriages, clothing, and art. Lillian was a beautiful woman and was known as the Lavender Lady because she was extremely fond of that color, going as far as to dye her horse's harnesses lavender. William Jr. was excited to show off his trophy life, but he was also a player and began to tire of his wife. Their marriage became strained, and to keep Lillian out of his hair, William Jr. gave her an allowance of $1,000 a day, saying that if she didn't spend it all, she would stop getting the allowance altogether. Which, like, goals, honestly. (laughs) Pay me $1,000 a day to be your wife, sheesh. William would hold lavish parties in the caves below the mansion, where he would bring in prostitutes for the entertainment of his friends, who enjoyed the swimming pool, bowling alleys, and free beer. During the day, William Jr. was said to be a good boss and president of the brewing company. Eventually, William's shenanigans caught up to him, and he had a child with another woman. To this day, there is no official documentation of the child existing, as it was very hush-hush. Former nannies and chauffeurs who worked at the mansion confirmed to historians that the boy did exist and lived in the attic with the servants. The boy was supposedly born with Down syndrome and was hidden away, as he would be a total embarrassment for William Jr. and the Limp Family Empire. To this day, we do not know the boy's name, as he is only known as the Monkey Face Boy. Which is just horrible, so I will not refer to him as that when we discuss him later, I will simply call him the boy in the attic. After this, William Jr. truly tired of his wife Lillian and filed for divorce in 1908. During the trial proceedings, there was often a huge crowd to witness the trial. Lillian was lavishly dressed in lavender, except the last day, where she wore black. Lillian then retired from the public eye, along with her son William Lepp third. William Jr.'s troubles only just begun, as in 1906, nine of the largest breweries in St. Louis combined to form the Independent Breweries Company, which gave the Limp Brewery fierce competition. By World War I, the brewery was barely in operation, as William Jr. built a country home and increasingly retreated to it. Then, bam, the start of the Prohibition era in 1919. Now, the individual family members of the Limp family were still very wealthy, so there wasn't an incentive to keep the brewery open. So, William Jr. closed on the Limp brewery, where workers had no idea until they came to work the next day and found the doors shut and gates locked. William Jr. auctioned off the building for $588,000, and the Falstaff logo sold for $25,000 in 1922. A fraction of the estimated worth of seven million dollars. In March 20th, 1920, Elsa Lemp Wright Williams. Jr.'s sister, the wealthiest heiress in St. Louis shot herself just like her father as she had become despondent over her marriage. Between his sister's death and the company dissolving William Jr. fell into a deep depression, beginning to become like his father, shunning public life and often complaining of ill health. In December 1922 William Jr. shot himself in the heart with a thirty-eight caliber, caliber revolver in the very same building as his father. Both William Jr. and Elsa were placed in the family mausoleum in Bellefontaine Cemetery. This marked the end of the Limp family empire as William's brothers, Charles and Edwin, had left the family business, with Edwin entering a life of seclusion at the country estate and Charles was working in banking and real estate. In 1943, William III died of a heart attack at the age of 42. Charles eventually remodeled the mansion and lived in the house with two servants and the boy in the attic. Charles was said to be a germaphobe as he constantly wore gloves and washed his hands often. The boy in the attic died at the mansion in his thirties, and he was buried on the Limp Cemetery plot, although only with a small marker with the word "Limp" written on it. Charles then fell to the Limp family curse as he committed suicide in the mansion with a thirty-eight caliber army Colt on may 10th 1949 only one limp has survived the curse as edwin lift led a quiet life at the country estate in kirkwood missouri edwin passed away of natural causes at the age of 90 in 1970 edwin's last wishes was for the butler to burn all the paintings documents and artifacts that the limps had collected throughout the years he was buried in the bellefontaine cemetery with his family The mansion was sold and turned into a boarding house for a brief time. In 1975, the old mansion was purchased and renovated into a restaurant and inn. Today, the mansion is a bed and breakfast with rooms in the period style, a restaurant, and a mystery dinner theater. The brewery has been converted into a haunted house attraction that runs during Halloween. Now, there are said to be a few ghosts that haunt the mansion, and there are multiple stories of people seeing ghosts and other strange experiences. Apparitions will appear and then vanish, voices and sounds come from nowhere, glasses lift off the bar and fly through the air, doors lock and unlock by themselves, lights turn on and off, and the piano in the bar often plays when no one is there. In the attic, the boy in the attic, William Jr.'s illegitimate child, is said to still live up there. His face is often seen from the street, from the attic windows. Ghost investigators often leave toys with circles around them for the boy. When the investigators return, the toys are not in their original locations. His shadow figure is said to be seen, and people even hear the small boy whispering, Help me, help me, which is just so tragic. Oh my god god bless him william jr is said to still haunt the mansion particularly in the main floor and the woman's bathroom many women have reported a man peeking over the stall which bleh, gross one time a woman came back from the bathroom and said to the two men she was with quote, i hope you got an eyeful unquote the bartender confirmed that the men never left the bar This ghost is said to be William Jr., still chasing after women, even in the afterlife. William Jr. is also said to run up the stairs to his father's room and begin to kick the door to get to his father. It was reported there were sounds of horses outside of William Jr.'s office. However, when the person looked outside, there was nothing there. There are so many stories associated with this mansion that I have only scratched the surface. If you are still interested in the Limp Mansion, I really encourage you to check out the article on LegendsofAmerica.com as they have reader submitted stories and pictures. So many people have experienced something in this mansion, and Ghost Adventures also did an episode here in 2014. So be sure to check out the articles and episodes about this place, as there is really too much for me to cover in a single day trip. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this day trip back to St. Louis. Sabrina and I will see you guys next week with news stories out of New York City, New York. Be sure to like and share this episode wherever you find your podcasts. It's a great way to help us out. Thanks for listening and stay terrified. Ciao!